what happens now, for those Lost of you who might radio. be new to the Mad is the music is playing now. You can't hear it. You can only hear me. It's right in here. Madden Voice, three, two, one, now. Good evening, everyone. Commissioner T here with the Madden Voice, simulcasting live. I am live, Facebook Live. Got a lot of good people out there checking me out. I love, I love my Facebook friends and family. Um, my man LG McKenzie is out there. I see you, big bruh. Um, a lot of other people out there, you know, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for checking out the Madden Voice, listening to um, the simulcast. I do this to kind of warm up kind of set the table a little bit, tell you what we're going to talk about, and then I get off of Facebook live, and then I'm right on to the Madden Voice live. So if you're interested in checking out the show, there's several ways you can check me out. You can click on the link that's on the wall, right? So go to my wall, scroll down a little bit, Terrence Floyd, go to the wall, and you'll see the link to the show. Click on that. Or you can go to the Facebook page, The Madden Voice. And while you're there, like the page. If if you don't already like it, like the page. The link is right there. Or you can dial this number, 347-838-9525. I'm going to say it again, 347-838. 838-9525. You can, you can dial in, and if you want to just listen, just dial in and listen. If you want to say something, you hit one on the keyboard, it shows me, your host, that you want to comment. What are we talking about tonight? We've got to touch on Charlottesville. It's relevant. It's what's going on. We've got to spend a few minutes or maybe several minutes talking about it um, We're going to segue that into sports relevancy. And is the sporting world doing enough? Are the leaders in the sporting world standing up and making a statement, or are they sitting down and making a statement? We're going to talk about that, talk about Charlottesville, talk about Ezekiel Elliott. What do you think about that suspension? Justified, not justified? Should there be uh, more? I'll just I'll leave it right there. I can't, I can't give you anything else uh, on that. you got to tune in if you want to hear the show. So, hey, listen, everybody that's got me on Facebook Live, thank you so much. I always appreciate the fact that so many people jump on Facebook Live, see my devastatingly handsome face. And um, hopefully you guys come on over and check out the show. Call in 347-838-9525 or just click on the link if you just want to, you know, kind of uh, uh, click while you work. Click while you work. Whistle. While, okay, never mind. It's, that's Forget it, forget it, forget it. Anyway, hey, listen, appreciate you. Love all you guys. Uh, come check us out again right off the top of the hour. Charlottesville. Going to touch on it. You know why? Because we're not afraid because we're the Madden voice. Thank you all. Appreciate you. Come on over. Click the link, 347-838-9525. Call in. 
check me out. Love to talk to you or just sit back and listen to the show. Hope to entertain you. Everybody have a good night on Facebook. Transitioning over to the Madden Voice now. All right. All right. So here I am live, the Madden Voice. And, of course, as everybody knows, I do not do this alone. I've got two of the three co-hosts with me tonight, unfortunately. Brother Jay is – well, not unfortunately. I mean, I mean, for him, it's a good thing. He's – um. Uh, traveling for work, and he's involved in some work things tonight. He regrets that he can't make it, but hey, we understand. Um, we all have to pay the bills. So, um, Brother Jay, love you, bruh, and, um, you know, do what you do best, man, represent. Um, but I got my other two guys, you know, ready to roll. We've got, first of all, from Indianapolis, the man, one of the best Madden players out there. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a little nervous about the first topic of conversation with him, but hey, we're gonna roll with it anyway. K Star, welcome to the Madden Voice. <laughs> why? Yeah, why are we nervous? We, the only thing people should be nervous about is my presence anyway. I'm a force. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah nervous is more like what the hell is he? <laughs> yeah, what the hell is he gonna say? That's where the nervous comes from. Um, like, 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 like you know, your president today at his news conference. But anyway, any other guy I have on there, probably the smartest guy on the call. This guy has a PhD. He's also the, uh, the winner of the first EAFL Super Bowl and uh, fantasy f- football commissioner and guru, Dr. Train. Welcome to the Madden Voice. See, the only force we concerned with with, 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 with K-Star is when he farts. Yeah, we, maybe we worry about that. Maybe <laughs> 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 we ain't worry about that. Force. Yeah. Well, what are you, Star Wars yeah. now? <laughs> Not strong with you, brother. Not strong with you at all. Oh, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was trying to get a hold of a colleague of mine who's actually uh, has some uh, connections to Charlottesville. Uh, a very, very smart man, um, you know, Mr. Tim Cole, but I couldn't get him in time. Um, I'm, I'm still scouring Facebook to see if he responds to me. If he does respond, we're going to definitely pull him right onto the show so he can give us a little background on, on kind of the community. I think the community, um, you know, I, I think I think 99% of the world had no idea who Charlottesville was before the weekend, uh, before the events over the last few days. And now everyone, now worldwide, it's kind of, it's kind of like uh, Sandy Hook out here in Connecticut. Nobody knew Sandy Hook. Um, until the, 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 the unfortunate crime that took place a few years ago. And now every, everybody knows about it. And, and, and it's sad when communities get turned on their ear through tragedies and now they become household names for the wrong reason. And I think that's what we're having down in Charlottesville. And I really wanted my, my man, Tim, to come on and kind of tell us some things about the community. Um, you know what I will, what I will put, hold on. You know what? I'm going to do something a little unorthodox, but he had made a post about it. And that's what had me say, let me get him on the air. But since I can't get him on the air, I'm going to read his post and that will at least give us his words. Um, if I could find it quickly, everybody hang tight, hang tight. Here we go. Um, so this is from now this, this guy also has a PhD. Um, so <laughs> we would have definitely been the smartest show, uh, uh, anywhere in the world. I think if we had had Mr. Colon and Dr. Train, two PhD holding, uh, dudes, but, um, matter of fact, we may still be the smartest show anywhere, but anyway, um, this guy I worked with for about 10 years and uh great, great guy. I learned a lot from him. And um, 
Uh, this was his post. I would like all of my Facebook friends to know something about me. Most of them don't. Charlottesville strikes close to home for me. My mother and brother lived there along with a raft of other kin and friends. I have been visiting regularly since the mid-90s. I have walked where the horrors went down. Just wanted to say this out loud. Um, and, and I really wanted to engage him on the community. Um, now, people may say, you know, you're a football show. You know, you're a sports show. Why are you going to spend any time on this issue? And I guess my response would be, why shouldn't we? Is, is there anyone in this country that's not affected? Is there anyone in this country that didn't, even for five minutes, pay attention to what went on there? And so if we're covering the sports world and we're all affected, would we not be remiss to at least not touch on it? And would we not be remiss to say – you know, uh, sports leaders are role models. They they set tone for a lot of things. And is the sporting world doing enough? Is the the superstars out there? And I think the two biggest sports right now, forgive me, baseball and hockey, but are football and basketball, respectively. And are those superstars stepping up and doing what they should be doing? But before we do that, um, I, I just want to get a few fundamental comments from my co-hosts, their initial thoughts on what went down based on what they saw uh, on the news, on social media, conversations they may have had with friends and loved ones, if at all. Just some not, you know, we don't script here on the Madden Voice. We don't tell each other what to say. This is off the cuff. We, we talk topics pre-show, but we don't talk content. So I really don't know what anyone's going to say. That's the beauty of the show is we never know what each other is going to say, and it's totally live, okay? It's totally like, bring it. And I think that's the, that's the specialness of the show. And just so you know, the shows on TV that do what we do, but they don't do that. They actually talk about it and know each other's position before the show. We do not, okay? Um, let me start with K-Star. K-Star, some thoughts from you. Before we segue into the sporting aspect of this of this event, some thoughts from you about what's going on over the last three to four days in Charlottesville. Well, for one, it's horrific. It's horrific on so many different levels. One, from a humanitarian and from a human level, the fact that we would resort to these type of actions, not worse to solve ideas, is disgusting. Uh, Two, just again from an idea standpoint, there aren't any ideas being exchanged anymore. It's just it, literally political violence in the streets, and we, we need to do better. We need to come together, and really, the division that's circulating the United States and has been for many years, which I attribute much of it to do with the media and how it treats the United States and its and its people that that its viewers in general. Uh, I think it's, it's it needs to needs to come to a pass. We need to bring more unity, better ideas, and stop playing the blame game because we've seen it from both sides. And certainly, it, it's, it needs to stop, right? Like this is someone who got murdered, you know, an innocent woman, all because of some terrible, terrible, terrible ideologies in the form of neo Nazis and in the form of of the backlash against the Nazis in terms of trying to stop people from a speech to begin with. And 
for violence to even get to this point, it's pathetic. It's sad. I, I question where the what the police were doing in this event. They knew about the event. They actually had to get a uh, license to run this event, and for it to still happen, it's disgusting. And I just uh, honestly, we really just need to come together. Like again, this this blame game, it just needs to stop. We all need to come together because this is not going to get better if we do not. It's just not serious. Can I can I just ask one thing? I just want I just want to, and I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not in debate mode yet. I may get there, but I just want to make sure I understand. When you say blame game, what what are you against? As far as, I mean, there's there's holding people accountable for their actions, and that's what I've seen. But you say blame game. I'm, I just want to make sure I understand what you mean when you say the blame game has to stop. Well, there are people suggesting that this is the act of, uh, you know, some form outside of a terrible group of the Nazis itself, blaming either and conflating, frankly, dishonestly, uh, it being an act of, uh, what, Donald Trump or something perpetuating it. And then also I've heard from the other side people blaming, you know, uh, identity politics from the left on the other side and you know, this this actual event is the one that was covered the most. Obviously, someone was murdered. And, but over the past few months, we've had literally murder happen politically a, a couple of times. I mean, we, we remember that shooting uh, that took forth a couple of months ago on uh, – I can't remember the congressman's name, but uh, at a baseball field where someone was, was murdered alongside with it. And back then, the blame game was happening too. People were trying to blame Bernie Sanders, which I thought was ridiculous. And now you're getting the other side of that, where instead of focusing on the the groups and blame, blaming them, we're extending that and saying, hey, you know, uh, the president, this is your fault, or, or or this is the Republicans' fault, or this is the, the backlash against the Democrats' fault, so on and so forth. I mean, I've been hearing it from both sides the past few days, or past couple of days since the event. It's been happening for quite a while. Let me let me ask you a question, and I want to get train thoughts. Do you think it's a problem when the neo-Nazi leadership come out and actually say um, that our president did not condemn us, he didn't mention us, um, when, when David Duke says that we are just trying to carry out the message um, and the mission of Donald Trump? Do you, do, do, do you think that that – you know, when, when you say the blame game and people blaming Trump, but don't you think there's a problem there that these groups interpreted Trump's actions? And I'm not going to go there yet as to whether I agree or disagree. I'm just stating what was reported and quoted, that these groups felt that they were representing Donald Trump, and they felt that um, he, by, when he came out and did his first speech – and many Republicans also said the same thing. He didn't condemn the neo-Nazis, the white supremacists. He didn't condemn them. He, he condemned hatred and bigotry kind of in general, but he didn't, didn't condemn the groups that were responsible for the hatred and the bigotry. And they took it as endorsement. They ran with that endorsement. Do you see that as an issue here? Yeah, of course that's an issue. And immediately that had to follow with him disavowing the groups uh, specifically – because you can't have that then either. Because then here's why the two sides, the one that blames Trump and the other side themselves, can be so great that 
mission is therefore a mission is Your your cell phone signal is your cell phone signal is failing you, my friend. Um, can we can you hear me? Wanna... Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's a massive problem, you know, because again, at that point, you have the these neo Nazi groups, and then you have the same people who are blaming Trump. You know, to them that omission is a mission, which while isn't necessarily the case. What matters most is that those same perpetuators, those, those things, that, that violent group, thinks that it is. Therefore, it needs to be stomped out. It needs to be clarified. It needs to be disavowed immediately. Um, because you're right. I mean, you can't have them thinking that because that's just going to embolden them and that's just going to, you know, get them to, you know, try yet again or, or, you know, have another event that may become violent as, you know, as a result of that. Okay. Train, time to bring you and your Ph.D. self in here. Uh, your thought on Charlottesville, and you, you, certainly you can address any of the questions I asked K-Star, but, you know, your thoughts. So, um, I'm going to dig a little deeper. I'm going to go a little further back than just, uh, just Charlottesville. Uh, but I'm going to stay with where, where, where you left off at with, uh, in regards to Donald Trump. So... No, Donald Trump is not to blame for hatred and bigotry that is that has been in this country since his um, first centuries. We can all read the history books to try to say when it starts, but it, it's been it's definitely been in this country for for for, for centuries and uh, issues of the race. Um, where I do feel like. Donald Trump gets, should, should receive a lot of the blame is tossing fuel onto the fire. Um, that whole, the whole time he spent running for presidency, you constantly saw the saw the hatred in people being fueled by his actions and things that he said and the disrespect that he showed others. Even before he decided to run for presidency, he showed a disrespect to the current president, I mean, to, to, the, to the former president, um, which made no sense whatsoever. Uh, and no, he's not, it's not like he told those people to go out there, but when, when people see a person in power able to just, and then society accepts it, they feel that, oh, I can do the same thing because that's exactly what's happened with Trump. And that's exactly uh, how these people are starting to act. And, it's, of course, it's costing lives. Um, it's a sad thing to see. It's a scary thing to see. Uh, and there are people who are from that town who don't want that image on their town, and I wouldn't blame them. I wouldn't want that kind of image on the, on my hometown, on the place that my parents were born in, on the place that my folks grew up in. But um, people, and I know we understand that, and racism exists 
It's just a matter of how much you can be added to the fire and by who. And if anything, uh, I blame Donald Trump for is definitely adding fuel to this fire for these people to act the way they act. No, he's not direct on direct blame, but indirectly, yes. And as president, yep, he should do something. Um, in regards to, and if I'm, let me know if I'm jumping too far ahead, T, but in regards, in regards to sports figures, uh, doing something about it, the one thing that contradicts this for me, for any uh, person that's a role model in sports, is that football itself has a tendency to generate we would like to call them French rivalries, but people in general take those friendly rivalries and equate them to something way beyond them what they are meant to be, which is just a friendly rivalry. Instead, it gets it can get really ugly, and we've seen it. We've heard it. We've seen people say some really disrespectful and ugly things to folks just based off sports. So it's like, yeah, sports figures can stand up. They're role models. Uh, but at the same time, you almost, I, I just kind of wonder, will people even listen? Because you take a rivalry like uh, Bears and Packers or uh, or Ravens and Steelers, and you and you got people damn near wanting to fight. It's a very few, but it's there. So it's just not to say that a sports figure wouldn't have an impact, but how can you, but I guess my question, how can you get past some of this hatred that people have and hatred that people tend to generate off the smallest thing? Let me, let me, let me tell a little story. I was, um, and it's relevant, it's relevant to the topic, it's relevant to Charlottesville, it's relevant to the sports question. I was uh, out several weeks ago uh, at a bar that I frequent, so I'm well known at this place. And a young lady friend of mine, um, and just a friend, just to be clear, because this is going somewhere, but this young lady is just a friend of mine, was sitting at the bar, and it was a guy talking to her. And a lot of my lady friends know if they give me a certain look, I'm going to come over and make sure they're okay. I'm going to make sure that, um, you know, whatever guy is there isn't harassing them, giving them a hard time, um, you know, and that's just kind of who I am as their friend. Um, and this lady gave me the look. So I strolled over and, um, you know, the guy was hitting on her and he wasn't really taking no for an answer. And so I rolled up in there and I said, Hey man, what's good? You know? And, He's like, oh, is this your boyfriend? I'm like, I said, hey, well, who I am is not important. <laughs> but the message here is, you know, she's cool. She's good. That's the message. He's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, you know. I didn't mean anything by it. And, yeah, no problem, bro. And I decide I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a friendly guy, you know. I don't, I don't want any static or problem, uh, you know. So I, you know, we we just started to chit chat a little bit. He had a Red Sox hat on. I'm a Red Sox fan. We started talking about the Red Sox, you know, and then it got into football. And um, you know, he is not a Cowboy fan. 
<laughs> so we started talking about the Cowboys and um, we went back and forth and um, he started saying that the Cowboys won't win 10 games this season. And I said, huh? Now, obviously, today with Zeke being suspended, that's another conversation. But at the time, there was no suspension on the table. It was, you know, and uh, many people were saying not only are the Cowboys going to win the division again, but they're, you know, one of the top teams in NFC and, and could be sitting in that Super Bowl this year. And this news was just coming out when they were doing the, the Vegas, um, you know, the, the odds. And I said, how, how do you say the Cowboys won't even win 10 games, dude? You know, and he's like, they're not. They're, they won't win 10 games. I said, I'll tell you what, man. I said, I bet you $1,000 Cowboys win 10 games. I said, let's bet $1,000 right now. Yeah. And he was like, um, I am not betting you $1,000. I said, all right, you name the amount. I said, I'm that confident. I'll put $1,000 right now. I said, we can find a, a, a mutual friend that can hold the money. I'll get the money tomorrow, and it can sit there all season. And once the Cowboys get number 10, then I collect my money. The Cowboys don't get it. You collect yours. He's like, nah, 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 nah. I, I'm not betting a thousand dollars. So he said he'd bet four hundred. I said, All right. I said, you know, now, now you're talking about my team. So now I'm talking smack. Now, now, you know, I got Conor McGregor and Floyd uh, uh, Mayweather looking at me, uh, uh, getting tips on how to smack talk. That's how good I am now. Because now I'm like, oh, you can't afford it, is what you're saying. You're running your mouth, but you can't back it. Oh, I get it now. You, you can't afford the grand, so you're going to do 400 All right, man, I got, you know what? I got 400 on me now. We can do this right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm laying into the guy good, you know? And um, so it got a little out of hand. And, you know, um, Bouncer came over and, like, T, everything okay? I see everything's okay except this dude's broke, you know. So, um, you know, he got he got a little testy, and um, you know, threatened me. And I said, "What?" <laughs> I said, "I said, I said, we can walk right outside right now if you that bad." I said, "Screw the bet, man. You and I can walk. Matter of fact, we can walk around the corner where it's just you and me. But I promise you this: only one of us is coming back in here. It ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be you, bro. Now it escalated to that level, right?" And he's like, uh, you know, you got all your friends. I said, no, nah, just you and me, man. You got all this mouth, you know. So the bouncer say, hey, man, you know, told the guy, hey, you got to go, bro. You got to go, okay. So the dude left. Now, we had exchanged phone numbers because at one point we were going to do the bet. So he had my number. I had his number. As he left, I said, by the way, forget the bet. I can't, you know, I can't bet with you, you acting a fool. Just screw the bet. So he leaves, he calls me. He's like, um, you ain't nothing but a fucking nigger. Now, he was standing face to face with me in the bar. Never said a word. Not a word. Soon as he leaves, calls me a fucking nigger. Man, I went outside looking for him. Nowhere to be found. Said to him on the phone repeatedly, dude, I am standing outside the club. If you're a man, come back and say it to my face. Come back and let's face to face approach me like a man and call me that. Uh, you're, you know, said it over and over again. I hung up on him. Call me back. I answered. I said, dude, <laughs> this phone type, this phone thing is, is, is like, I'm going to go back inside and chill. But I'm outside right now. Of course, he wouldn't come back. He kept calling me the name. I finally hung up and I had to block him. Oh, he started texting me. And I just ended up blocking him completely. And I, and I said to him, if I ever see you again, I'm going to make you eat those words. 
So I tell you the story to say this is the life of being black in America is it's always prevalent. And when I tell people that, they don't get it. We had a black president, and, and T, you date white women, and, you know, you, you got a great job, and, you're, you know, it's so much better today. No, it's not. It's different. It's not better. It's different. That's the key. It's different. And what went on this weekend is a prime example of, you know, you could take that scene in Charlottesville and go back 50 years and see the same type of anger, as Train referred to, and aggression towards blacks. I hear they were um, also going after Jews. You, you, can hear, you can go back 50 years. You can go back 70 years. You can go back 100 years. And people are shocked to see it today, but most of us that have lived this, we're not. I'm more surprised at everybody's reaction. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, I knew this. I knew that this still happens. So this is the world we live in. Now, Donald Trump was sued in 19, I want to say 75, for discriminating against African Americans in the housing that his family had developed. He was sued um, and lost. Department of Justice filed suit against him, and he was fined. It's, and it, Google it. It's there. It's out there. Um, there were a number of allegations through his career about how he treated women and African Americans. Google it. It's out there. I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to repeat his history. He has hired Steve Bannon, who um, at Breitbart publicized some of the most insidious anti-defamatory uh, 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 material out there. I don't know his individual beliefs because I don't know the man, but I know what Breitbart stood for under his leadership, and it's out there. Google it. You don't have to trust me. Go out there and see. Jeff Sessions is his attorney general. Coretta Scott King put out a letter years ago against Sessions and what he stood for as far as civil rights go. And most recently, We've had our president, before he was president, question the birthplace of Barack Obama for years and blatantly lied and said, I, I, I have inside information. I know the truth. And when the truth comes out, you guys are going to be shocked. Go ahead. It's out there. I'm not making any of this up. Google it and you will see. You'll see the video. You'll see I have people looking into this and what they're finding is unbelievable. And, and the world will find out, only for him to have to come back and say that Barack Obama was born in this country. So this is the history of our current president. These are all facts. This isn't my opinion. This is his legacy. And he gets in the office, and more times than not, he has to be told what to say when it comes to race relationships. Why don't you go on to WhiteHouse.gov and search civil rights? There's nothing there. It was scraped when he took over. They took it all down, along with global warming and other things, but they took it all down. There's nothing on the WhiteHouse.gov website about civil rights. Why is that? See, the problem is we're not blaming Donald Trump for racism, bigotry, or hatred. I'm not blaming him. But I got to say, he's not doing anything about it. Nothing. He's not addressing it. He's avoiding it unless pressed. To have to be, he's 70 years 
old. And to have to be told that you condemn these groups and to have to come back and you, you issued a statement, you came on TV, wasn't enough. Your own party came out and said you didn't say enough. Orrin Hatch, Orrin Hatch of all people had to come out and say, what? Donald, you didn't say enough. And then you come out and you condemn them. But those of you who don't believe me, watch the press conference today. Watch it with an open mind and listen to him dance. Listen to him tap dance while he's trying to condemn, but not too strongly, because those are my votes. That's my base. I can't condemn him too hard, but I got to condemn them because I'm the president now, but I can't go too hard at them because they're my base. So for everyone who said it was Obama and, you know, Obama and we've gone backwards because of Obama you have no idea what you're talking about. If Donald Trump doesn't step up and do what's right for this country, this shit's going to get worse. This shit's just going to get worse. And he may not believe any of what he's saying, but he needs to keep saying it anyway. And he doesn't need to tap dance. He doesn't need to, you know, uh, uh, multiple parties, more, both sides. No, there's no both sides here. I don't want to hear that garbage. This is not the time to spread the blame and say there's blame to go around. No, this isn't that event that there's blame to go around. If these misanthisms came to Bristol, Connecticut, I might be out there protesting against them with my baseball bat or my rifle or my handgun. That might be me. Would you blame me? Would anybody blame me? So my point is, it's time for everyone. Forget your political ideology. I don't care. Republican, Democrat, Independent, Tea Party. I don't, I don't care. I don't, it doesn't matter. This is about the health and welfare of our country. And it is time for us to stand up to our president and say, dude, we need you right now. The path that you are taking us down, I mean, this is seven months in office, and look where we're at. Seven months. How are we going to make it three and a little under three and a half years at this pace? We're not. It's not going to happen. Everyone needs to stand up, no matter who you support, and put pressure on the White House to do the right thing, send the right message, so that these groups are uncomfortable. Do they have First Amendment right? Absolutely. Peaceful? I, I, would, I would support their right to peacefully demonstrate. Because that's what the First Amendment is. I don't like it, but I would support it because they have that right to speak out peacefully. Did that right to do the violence that we saw that ultimately led to that innocent young lady being killed? Heather Mayer, by the way, is her name? 32 years old, lovely young lady, killed? No. That, the permit didn't give them that right. The First Amendment didn't give them that right. And if President Trump doesn't speak up decisively against these actions... It's going to keep happening. And the David Dukes and all those people in the world are going to interpret his actions as supportive. And frankly, my opinion is he is supporting it. That's my opinion. Whether he is or isn't, I'm not in his head. But in my opinion, he is supporting it. And you need to come out and be clear and concise without having to be prodded by your fellow Republicans. It needs to happen. Oh, we've got problems. Big, big problems. Huge, huge problems. Now, segueing that into the sports world, and then I'll bring my co-host back in. 
Um, outside of LeBron James and maybe the Long Boys, um, you know, maybe a couple other. I mean, Marshawn Lynch sat down for the national anthem and said, but this is what I do. So there was an opportunity loss. Um, uh, Bennett, um, Michael Bennett spoke up, sat down for the national anthem. Um, LeBron James, to his credit, and frankly, LeBron James every time speaks up. So kudos to LeBron James. But I, I think there's so much more that people can do that are superstars in the sports world to stand up and protest this and, and to let the world know that this isn't going to fly. I'm disappointed in the sports world. I, did, I don't think they did enough this weekend. I don't, I don't see Tom Brady out there, who's the face of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, um, you know Kevin Durant, um, Steph Curry, some of these mega superstars, 100 millionaires. This is the time. Screw Charles Barkley, and I'm not a role model. You're a leader. You're visible. Millions of people love you for what you do on the field and on the court. Leverage that and let people know that this isn't right and that we need to come together as a country. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised at how many people are out there actually listening, waiting. People are hungry. Most people, listen, most people are not leaders. They're not born to be leaders. They don't have leadership skills. That's just the way it is. So when a leader steps up, people are hungry. That's why you have rallies and things like that, and you get hundreds of thousands of people out there, yay, because they're hungry to follow somebody. And if you don't speak up, then guess who they're going to follow? The ones that are speaking up. And what did we hear this weekend? We heard a lot of negativity. So somebody's got to speak up. And to me, the sports world is in a prime place to be leaders in this and to step up and say, hey, this isn't good. Y'all need to cut this crap out. You know, innocent young lady was killed over this. This is ridiculous. And I don't believe they did enough. All right. Coming down off my soapbox. Guys, you on any of this? Uh, Don't be shy, fellas. Anyway, I, I... I said the I um uh, name a couple names that you did mention when you mentioned Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and um it actually would be nice to see particularly those guys and I'm gonna say it simply because they are white and simply because they are good old boys and simply because. <laughs> Maybe some people need to hear it from them. You know, yep. instead of instead of from people of our color or just from black athletes only. I was happy to see, you know, both Kyle Long and uh his brother Chris Long. Especially Chris Long is the one that really uh he spoke up. for for Kyle it was just more it was more emotional than anything. Uh, but you know, Chris Long spoke because it was it's, it's stupid. Or why are you running around with all this hate and for what? 
What does it gain? What What do you think this country is going to turn into? And you were dead on when you said it is definitely different. Oppression has a new face. And people have no idea what that face looks like. Some people don't. A lot of people don't. So my question to you guys is what in particular do you want them to say? Because I heard this before, even this past weekend, of somebody needs to say something. What is that something? Um, I will, can, me, that, can I? Go ahead, Trey. Let me let me let me let me pose pose you a different question, and I, I'm sorry to answer you answer answer your question with a question, but let me pose you a different question. Um, had you ever been in a situation, K Star, where? Somebody is trying to advise you to do something or motivate you to do something, and you hear from one person it's in one year right after the other. But then you hear from a completely different person, and all of a sudden you're ready to run through a brick wall to get it done. Tell me, that's happened before? Of course. Of course. That, that, that's, exactly where I'm, that's exactly where I'm coming from. It's not about what. It's about who. Who matters. They can say the same thing the other guy said, but it comes from him, things start to look a little different. You feel me? Yeah, I just think that these guys oftentimes when posed with that, you know, with that microphone in hand, I mean, they're trained, to be frank, you know, you couldn't really give me a straight answer. So I imagine that for an athlete, it's hard to articulate what it is that needs to be said if no one can really explain from their perspective what what would need to be what exactly needs to be articulated. I can tell you they need to, I I can I can tell you exactly what needs to be articulated. They need to come out and say, Hey, I am Tom Brady. I am one of the faces of the NFL. And I got to tell you, I am appalled by what's going on in Charlottesville. And we as a nation need to stand up against bigotry, against racism, and against hatred. That is not what we stand for. I, I play for the New England Patriots. Do you know what a patriot is? Patriot is someone who's loyal to this country. These people got to understand that when they're going around with the neo-Nazi flag and swastikas and how Hitler and condemning Jews and people of other colors, you're not being... Right, and they're not being loyal to this country that is a country founded on diversity and the melting pot. You're going against the founding principles of this country that you live in and that you love. That's what I would say if I was a superstar. That's exactly what I would say, and I would, and I, and I would be loud, and I would be like, hey, I need everybody to stand up, love this country, and condemn these actions. And if you know people down there, if you're down there in Virginia and you know people that are out there, talk to them. Grab them by their throat and say, hey, where are you going? No, 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 no. You don't need to be part of that violence. That's not, what, that's not what this country stands for. We don't need to be that way. We are a civilized – we separate ourselves from other countries because of our humanity. And now we are degrading ourselves by doing exactly – what we have fought so hard to be different than. We have fought to be here, civilized community. People leave the oppression of their countries to come to the United States, and then you, and then you see this garbage? Somebody, in my opinion, excuse my emotion, but don't excuse it because it's real. 
I think I can say it here on the Madden Voice, but who the hell's going to listen to me, Commissioner T? Who's going to listen to K-Star? Who's going to listen to Dr. Train? Who's going to listen to JB? Yeah, we got a few fans. We've got the Madden Voice uh, fan base out there. And thank you, everybody, for all the love you give us week to week. We appreciate you. But we don't have the influence that one athlete, superstar level, a Tom Brady, an Aaron Rodgers, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, some of these super-duper stars have. And all they got to do is come out and say something for three or four minutes and then go back, practice or, you know, vacation or whatever. But it, it gets replayed repeatedly. Sports Center, Fox Sports, NFL Network, NBA TV, Twitter, Facebook. It's over and over and everybody sees it. And the weight that that carries, the message that that carries. And if that just saves one or two people, how many lives could we possibly save? You know, how much violence could we save if people got together? Do you guys remember the riots? You guys might be too young, especially UK star. Train, you a little bit older. You might remember the riots um, back in 92, the riots, the L.A. riots. Do you know what stopped the L.A. riots? What stopped the L.A. riots was Rodney King. (laughs) Rodney King and his infamous can't we all get along statement. He wasn't an articulate, educated man by no means. And frankly, Rodney King wasn't a good man. Rodney King was in and out of trouble, and he was a drug user. And, you know, for him to be the face of civil rights during that time was just not, you know, he was the most unlikely person to be the face of civil rights. But what stopped those riots back in the early 90s when Reginald Denny got pulled out of that, out of that tractor trailer and got beat to a pulp like that. And then the actor came on the scene. I can't remember his name. It's a black actor that came and saved him from dying um, and, and told the people, hey, stop. But what stopped those riots was one person. It wasn't even a superstar. It was Rodney King, the face of racism, who had been beaten by the LAPD, caught on video, and he's the one who said, people, you know, it's on YouTube, go check it out, what he said, people, we got to stop, and he, like I said, not a very articulate person, but he said just enough, and the famous, the famous words that will live in infamy is, can't we all just get along, but guess what, it led to the end of the riots, it led to peace being restored, so when I say, now that's somebody who, Everybody knew who he was, but he wasn't – he didn't have the magnitude of, of Kevin Durant and some of these mega superstars in sports. You just imagine if some of these mega stars got up, got together. What, can you just imagine? Picture this. Picture the NFL doing something where Jerry Jones, Bob Kraft, um, you know, the Rooney family. I know, you know Dan Rooney, rest in peace, great, one of the best owners in the history of sports – but who, I think his son now, right, K-Star, is running the team, uh, one of the Rooney yep. boys, if I, if I have it correctly. Art. Okay, so Art Rooney. You know, think about, look at three of the all-time great NFL franchises, three of the all-time great NFL owners, Rooney, Kraft, and Jones, together came up and made a statement. Can you just imagine or pick three superstars in the NFL, or three superstars in the NBA, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and I don't know, um, the guy from San Antonio that got hurt. Um, can't remember his name now, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, Kawhi Leonard, yeah. Um, picture that, or Carmelo Anthony, or Dwayne Wade, or Chris Paul. Can you just imagine? 
These guys getting together and doing a two or three minute video and saying, hey, everybody, blah, 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 blah. You know, I ain't got to repeat my words. That's what I think the sports world should be doing to help calm this down, help pull back the tensions. And I think it'll ha- it would have an impact, my opinion. But you, you, it ain't going to hurt. Ain't nobody going to see that and say, oh, man, look at what LeBron and, and, and Carmelo and, and D-Wade did. I'm going out now. I'm killing even more people. Ain't nobody going to do that. <laughs> but there's a chance that people are going to take a second, like Train said, and be like, damn, you know, that's my, that's my hero. You know, I always condemned two people for not being more vociferous against what goes on in society. And that was Michael Jordan when he played in Tiger Woods. I always thought that those are two of the most iconic names in the history of all sports. And I felt like they just totally didn't live up to their obligation with that power. Michael particularly shied away intentionally from any of that controversy. And I was, so that's the one thing I regretted about being a Michael Jordan fan is I just knew he wasn't going to say nothing. I never even looked for him to say anything. Now he does, but he didn't when it counted, in my opinion. And Tiger was, well, Tiger don't need to be saying nothing right now, but <laughs> back when he was a super-duper star, it would have been nice. So, anyway, I beat this up to death. You guys got any final thoughts on this topic? I know I've run, I've run with it. I got a lot of, I got, a, I got a lot of emotion about this one. It's just, it's just, it, it hurts me to see our country that that is great. Sorry, Donald, but we are great. We don't need you to make us great again. We already are great. Um, but to see us like this, when I know we're so much better, I know this country is so much better than this, and it just, it hurts me as an American to see this. Um, you guys got anything? One thing about the players that I disagree with you on is that you cited Michael Jordan. I mean, I don't think that we should project necessarily our political views onto them for them to be that platform or at least have that expectation. So I do think we should appreciate it for when they take that platform and make that into something, you know, uh, wide stream in terms of getting a particular message out because, you know, it's easy for us to say from our side, you know, you should do this. But the reality is that there are a lot of risks in doing this. I mean, you see, you see political suicide or, or career suicide by, by players when, when they do make those stands or when they do say certain things. And part of it is because this media that we do have in the United States is very racially motivated to, to, conjure those race stories up and then also repeatedly make a a spectacle of any scenario. So for instance, I listen to the thing with Aaron Rodgers or Brady or something like that is again, I I'm just speculating. I think that they might be a little afraid to say something because they know that there's going to be a swamp of media around them for every press conference in regards to asking them specifically politically point questions about current events. And I don't know how often they want to involve themselves in that or say something that they may regret because that's, you know, and again, that's associated risk, and, uh, especially in the industries that they're in. But K-Star, that's kind of, that's kind of the point. You're saying you don't know how much they want to involve themselves. Well, that's, that's it. From me and T's perspective, we're like, you should. 
if you care about people and lives and the many of people that are paying for these the football tickets just to see you on the field, um, when they go out and protest against something and get ran over by a car after they just watched you play a spectacular game, they end up getting killed, but you don't speak up towards the hate that you see going on. You're kind of just putting yourself in a shell. It's your own world. It's not my problem. Well, the other stuff of the problem is that I've got a family. I mean, guys, let's be honest. There are political radicals on both sides. Even if they were to send what is a genuinely, generally accepted consensus message that people can get behind, there are still going to be those fringe crazies who then might, you know, again, take that out on, this, on their family, start looking at their family, start threatening the family. That happens. That's a real consequence of being a public star and having a vocalized opinion. I mean, we saw LeBron James, unfortunately, um, have that, that – Someone wrote some uh, graffiti stuff on his house where his family lives, and certainly, you know, that, that's something – I don't know if that was politically motivated or what, but let's not act but like hey, but guys K-Star, stay, don't have families stay, stay right there. Stay, stay right there for a minute. You're right. LeBron James a while back had nigger spray-painted on his home. Didn't stop him this weekend from coming out and condemning the neo-Nazis. Didn't stop him. I mean, so – I get what you're saying. It's a valid point that they have families and stuff. But with great power comes great responsibility. You're in an upper income of the entire world. You wield a lot of power and a lot of influence. What are you going to do with it? You're going to sit there and peddle Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks and Target and, and Walmart and McDonald's and Pepsi? Okay, you can do that and make your hundreds of millions of dollars. Are you going to do something a little more relevant? LeBron James is saying, yeah, I'm going to step up. I'm stepping up. I'm using my name, and I'm putting the word out there that this isn't right, and I'm going to use my name to try to influence people to do the right thing. Kudos to him. I think more should do that. And, yeah, but you know what? We live in a world. I mean, nothing, we live, you know, risk is part of, you know, these guys, you, you, you playing uh, football, every, every play could be, you could, get, you could literally die. Someone hits you the right way. You could die on the field, right? We know that's the reality of it. But you're not going to get up there and condemn something that we all know is condemnable, that we all know you're not going to use your power. Hey, they choose not to. That's their right. But you okay with that? That's my question is, you okay with that? Where you're in a position, I can't do anything about it. There's nothing I can do, but I'm here on the Madden voice. Heck, you don't think someone could try to find me? Hey, I told you about the guy at the club. That guy could have had a gun for all I know. He could have pulled a gun right out there, right, right at the club and shot me and killed me. I walked outside alone. He could have been standing on the end of the road and shot me. Didn't stop me. He was wrong. I took a stand. Granted, it's not the same, but we live in that world, man. Hey, I just think some of these guys, they're, it's okay. They want to take, 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 take. Sometimes you got to get back a little bit, man. And I don't mean financially. I mean, use that name, use that power, use that position. You know, get out there and make a statement. You, hey, you feel uncomfortable? You, you think that you got plenty of money, you can hire the best security in the world for a while. You know, shit always dies. It always goes away. You want to go hire security for a couple of months because you feel like you need to? Then do it. You got plenty of money. But I'm just saying, what do you stand for, man? What do you stand for? What do you represent? You know, you want to just know Tom Brady. I'll just pick on him. You're going to go down as probably the greatest 
quarterback of all time, and some are even saying maybe the greatest football player of all time. That's great. But what else? Is that it? You know, is that all you got? Or do you got a little bit more? Or are you staying quiet because the guy in the red hat is your friend? I, I don't know this. I'm just throwing it out there. The guy with the red hat and the blonde hair is your friend. I don't know. But I just think you're in a position to make an impact, man. Come on, bruh. Get on out there and say something. Help us out here. Help the country out. Help the country that made you a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. You will never have – you could stop right now. You could walk away from the game. You and your, and your wife, she makes as much as you, maybe more. Y'all can never have to work again. So what does it take to give a little bit back, use your name in a, in a real positive way in a crisis period? I'm going to tell you something. The risk versus the reward, I think what you do for your legacy is going to far exceed the risk of a few fringe rogue people that may feel like they're going to come find you. Eh, that's possible. That's possible. But you can handle that. Come on, man. Step up. That's all I'm saying, man. Step up. All right. We're going to move on. We hit this for about an hour. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, and, hey, you know, prayers, um, you know, prayers. That's all I can say is, man, we, we got to be better. Country's got to be better. And um, it's a sports show, so I'm going to limit it to sports. People got to step up. But I think anybody with influence should step up. You know, we band together, man. You know, united we fan, united we stand, divided we fall, man. Stand together, band together. All right, let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott. <sighs> Gonna start with you, K Star. There's a reason I'm starting with you. The NFL has suspended Ezekiel Elliott for six games for violation of the personal conduct policy. Um, he has filed an appeal. Um, he has he has he has claimed his innocence. Throughout the 13-month investigation, um, the local police department and the prosecutor's office did not find enough credible evidence to press charges, so no charges were filed. Um, so the uh, domestic uh, uh, abuse allegation and the march, um, I think it was a Mardi Gras parade, where he pulled the young ladies top down are the two incidences that they're quoting as to why, um, you know, they felt that he violated the personal conduct policy and subject to suspension. Um, K-Star, do you agree with the suspension? So before I answer this question, I want to pose, I want to pose a personal challenge to everyone who believes that Zeke got too many games and my question to them in the, in the form of a challenge is, did you speak up when Ben Roethlisberger, equally not charged, was suspended for four games? If not, if you did not, sit down. I don't want to hear you complain. If so, then good, because this falls under that same type of category to where there isn't a no charges filed. And because of that, I think that Zeke should not be suspended, and I think that they need to they need to – when they come and collectively bargain this deal again, they need this to be in there because I can't stress how important that is. And, and T, I can say that. I remember you defending Big Ben 
in the sense that, listen, I mean, no charges were filed, that it doesn't really make much sense to assume that the man is guilty for when the, you know, there, there's nothing to say that he is. And with that being the case, I have to defend Zeke here and say this is too much. This is absurd And that, again, show me the proof because it doesn't sound like there's enough even for uh, state officials, city officials to get involved with Zeke themselves. And, that's, and, that's, and that needs to be, in my opinion, like that, the, the set criteria of where these things are measured in terms of, of off-the-field activities. I do want to know, and, and you're right, I did defend Ben, and I stand by my defending Ben um, back when he was suspended for four games. I do want to state one difference, though, is that your owner was all for uh, and pretty much came out and said, if the NFL doesn't do it, we will. So that was one difference where your owner was, was actually for Ben being suspended, uh, where Jerry Jones is adamant against Zeke being suspended. I, I still agree with you and will adamantly say that uh, Big Ben should not have been suspended. Um, but I find it interesting that your owner, for whatever reason, felt that Ben had done enough where if the league hadn't done it, then the Steelers was going was gonna to act and suspend him accordingly. Um, so that, you know, just, just as, a, as a point of reference. Um, uh, Dr. Train, K-Star has uh, vehemently – um, and I may have to write this on the calendar because I got K-Star defending a cowboy, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, man. Maybe I really shook him. Maybe I really shook him up with, um, <laughs> with my, 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 uh, diatribe previously. Cause man, he coming over defending the cowboy, man. I, I gotta, I gotta note this. Um, <laughs> but, um, train, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? Well, well, that, that, and, and, and you are being consistent, uh, train your thoughts. Um, Honestly, you know, I'm, I'm actually a bit confused, and it's it's in the sense that um, I'm really trying to understand, you know, what was put in that TBA uh, for the NFL to come down so hard on uh, players that have not been uh, convicted of of something. Now, mind you, you found guilty in court is probably even, you know, worse. But it's like <laughs> The courts didn't no, no charges, no conviction, but by your own investigation, you say six games, and six games is a lot. Now, I can't say I I would I I totally disagree that there shouldn't be a suspension. I can understand that if there if it was somewhere around. I didn't think the guy would get no more than two games if they did anything simply because there were no legal charges um, um, you know uh, there were no legal charges on or he just did that he just wasn't convicted of anything you know maybe snap on the wrist but this game is a lot this game is a lot for you just doing your own investigation and, and just feeling like what you found was enough to do so no pay, by the way. That's that's a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, clearly the league, um, you know, the the players' association has given Goodell a lot of power here. Even on the appeal, he still has a lot of power, um, and and that's an issue. But I I think. You know, and I and I thought about this a lot because I tried I tried to look at you know I work for a national bank 
and I have a pretty good position with this national bank. And in order for me to get the position, they do a background check, they do a credit check, and they do a financial fitness check. So the background check means, you know, I want to make sure that I don't have any convictions or anything like that. Um, no bankruptcies, that kind of stuff. Um, they, they check your credit to make sure you don't owe a lot of people. I mean, you know, they know you're going to have some debt, but, you know, they want to make sure your credit is at a certain level. And they do a financial fitness check. They want to make sure that your, your, your financial household is to a point where they can hire you, right? So then I started thinking is if I had hypothetically, um, say I had a 500 credit score, okay, for those of you who don't know anything about credit, 500 credit score is not a good credit score at all. Um, say I had a 500 credit score, um, I couldn't get the job, and they would be within their right to not hire me. I'm not breaking any laws. I'm not breaking any rules, um, you know, societal, societal rules. But the company could say, we're not hiring you. And so I tried to equate that to this situation to say NFL is, you know, is a private organization. And even though he wasn't convicted or even charged, um, you know, is it within their right to say, hey, we don't like – what you're doing, so therefore we're going to fine you. We don't think that it was appropriate for you to put yourself in a position to have three to five allegations of domestic violence. We don't think it was appropriate for you to pull down that lady's shirt. Even though if you watch the video, the lady points at her own boobs and then points at Zeke and then he pulls it down. You can't hear what's being said, but the body language speaks that, you know, somebody was yelling something to the effect of, you know, hey, show your boobs or whatever, and she you watch the video. It's on YouTube. She points at her boobs, and then she points at Zeke, and then he pulls the shirt down. Um, so I, I look at all that to say, is the NFL within its right? Um, I, I come to the conclusion that they are <laughs> because they did it. So <laughs> they're within their right. Here's my problem is it took you 13 months well, the, the other thing was maybe five months ago, but the big accusation was 13 months. It took you 13 months, and you cited your own investigation. If the NFL said, we don't like that you put yourself in a position to be accused of domestic violence and that this lady has pictures and, and you know all of this stuff, we don't like any of this, and it makes our league look bad, we're suspending you. We don't like the fact that there's social media of a video of you pulling this young lady's shirt down. We're suspending you. I wouldn't agree with it, but I say, okay. But when you claim to do your own investigation, like you know more than law enforcement, like you know more than our system of jurisprudence, and your own investigation leads you to these conclusions, now I have a problem. Because you're not, you're the NFL, you know? You're not, this isn't, this isn't the CIA, you know, what I mean? you know, you're not the NSA here. You're the NFL. And so how dare you act like you know better than the system that governs all of us, including you? So to me, that's where they're wrong. You, don't, you should not have that power 
to say, well, we know law enforcement didn't press charges, but we did our own investigation. We know more than they do. Boom, you're suspended. No. That's where I have the problem. Come out and just say, we've got our own league rules. You went against those rules by putting us in a position to get negative press, negative attention. We don't like it. And then on top of it, months later, you do something else publicly against women. So, then, so you didn't learn from the first accusations. And then you do this, you're suspended. Okay. Hey, Zeke, grow up, man. <laughs> you know, pick your women better and don't be pulling women's shirts down. Then there's nothing I could say. But when you read, and it was a six-page letter, and I read every word of it, they went into some very, very specific detail. And, and let me just say this for anyone listening. The girl who had her shirt pulled down didn't seem to care. Okay? So I don't know their relationship, but she didn't file any charges. She didn't complain. We don't see her on, you know, Dr. Phil talking about how she was traumatized by it. And, you know, 10 million, please, because I'm traumatized by this. She, she, she you know, so... I, I, I want to just honestly say I think that's a non-issue. Bad judgment, but a non-issue. It's the moment, spur the moment thing, Mardi Gras, it is what it is. The other thing, if Zeke really did what he's accused of, yeah, I, I, I'd, say, I'd say throw him out of the league, frankly, if he did it. But we don't know um, because they didn't find probable cause to move forward with the investigation. So – the prosecutor's office and local law enforcement dropped it. To me, at that point, the NFL should have dropped it. If you're not going to specifically cite your own rules, specifically, then you should have just dropped it. You should never place yourself above law enforcement. And I think that's the problem, and I think someone needs to – they need to handle that. When, when the collective bargaining agreement comes up, Goodell or any commissioner should, ha- should not have more power than local law enforcement or federal law enforcement. That's just not okay. Can I, can I just add something to this? Because this is actually bigger than, than even the suspension because you're right. that They didn't find anything in this case, and I referenced Big Ben earlier. But this is something that in the court of public opinion, they're always going to be guilty of. You know, Ezekiel Elliott, though he was in charge, he's now going to have this association. Big Ben hasn't been able to shake it since it happened to him. There are still Big Ben jokes about rape this, rape that. It's a narrative in which has no conclusive evidence whatsoever. And a lot of it is to do with how the NFL suspended these guys under that, under the, those pretenses. And then what happens is it hurts them, not just you know from a paycheck standpoint uh, in the moment, that hurts them in opportunity costs in the future as far as getting advertisers you know, uh, and sponsors. How many big bank commercials are there? The guy has a Hall of Fame career who still walks on, walks with his narrative, unfortunately, and now the same thing's going to happen to Zeke. It's disgusting because, again, they don't realize that there's a greater cost that, ha- that happens in these scenarios. If the, if the police, if the state, the city doesn't find anything, you know, enough to even charge these guys, then you're right. There should be no suspension at hand because, again, it creates that narrative and that lasting impression and association with Zeke you know, assault or, or, or ban, you know, rape. And that's awful. Well, you know, that's a valid point. And there's also another thing to consider, you know, Josh Brown kicker for, I believe it's the giants beat his wife, admitted to beating his wife, admitted it. Um, at the pro bowl had to be separated from his wife because of an incident. 
suspended two games. So here's a guy who admitted it, and he gets suspended two games. Zeke has maintained innocence, suspended six games. Ray Rice was suspended four games. Okay? We got a video of what happened with Ray Rice. This is a video. Now, granted, he paid a much bigger price because of the video, but the NFL gave him four games. Zeke, six games. Now, I'm not saying this is a black-white issue. Ray Wright's black. Josh Brown's white. I'm not saying that. Um, Maybe it's a Dallas Cowboy issue. I don't know. I I don't know what it is. But, you know, even if you're going to suspend him, even if – let's just assume it's personal conduct, no evidence, um, but you still feel like it's defaming the league and you feel you need to do something. Six games? Six? I mean, would two have been appropriate? Would anybody – who knows anything about sports had really had a big problem. If the NFL said, Hey man, we got to send this young man a lesson. You know, we got to, we got to send him a message. He's got to understand that some of these things are not okay. We're going to knock him out for the first two games of the league. Sit, sit down for two games. I don't even know if he would have, if he would have um, appealed a two game suspension. I think he would have been advised to just take the suspension, rest up those two games. You still got 14 to go. You'll probably still be the rushing leader. <laughs> you know, it's okay. But six? Six? Come on, man. It's just not it's just not right. You know, it's just not right. And and it's a shame that I have to bring up other players and still wonder granted Ray Rice was, was black, but you still wonder the race card. You still wonder. I don't know that race is a part of this. I'm not saying it is. But with everything that we just talked about, you still wonder. You know, you, you, you still wonder. And Goodell just, I, you know, I never really liked him. <laughs> I got to be honest. Never really liked him. And this is an example. This is just, it's just, it, it's, you're not consistent. It's not okay. And I just hope the Players Association step up. And when it's time to renegotiate the agreement, don't be so quick to, to give them give in. Don't be so quick. Hold your ground, bro. You know, uh, uh, Demarcus, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Um, oh, God, Executive uh, Smith. I think it's Demarcus Smith. I think his name. You know, come on, man. Y'all got to step up. Demarcus Smith. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Um, yeah, they can't give that right. man that power again because it's ridiculous. The Brady, the Brady. I'm just annoyed by the way that the whole Brady thing that happened took like a year and a half of our lives away. It was like a witch hunt. It was ridiculous, and I don't think they had evidence to do it then either. It's just they, they need some better language around this stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, so, K Star, you've got <laughs> a player that's had a problem. Just saying no. Back on your roster over in Pittsburgh. You want to talk about it? Artavis Bryant. Yes, sir. Well, yeah. Um, your your thoughts. He's been gone two years. <laughs> yeah, well, he's actually <clears throat> he's been gone a full season, but it feels like two years because the last game he played was was in the divisional playoff game a couple of years ago when the Broncos made their Super Bowl run. A game in which, I might add, he had like 10 catches for 189 yards uh, when Antonio Brown was out. And a couple of things I want to touch on with Martavis. One is, <laughs> I got to bring it back to Goodell real quick. 
this this temporary uh, reinstatement, but not full regular season reinstatement. Like we need some language here because this is absurd. He still has intended to be fully 100% reinstated, and I just don't understand why. He's reinstated for the preseason. Mm. They're taking it step by step, but apparently this guy has been absolutely phenomenal in terms of staying in contact with coaches, doing all the right things. Um, you know, at one point he actually had to be removed from the practice field uh, like a week and a half ago because, you know, he had his helmet on. He just really wanted to get on the field, but Tomlin, of course, had to pull him off because he wasn't reinstated yet. So uh, I had a beef with that. But, two, th- listen, the, the impact this guy has on the Steelers' offense is, is an asinine, frankly. Um, for those that forgot, this guy, again, uh, in 14 career games, he's had 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns. And more importantly, this guy has added literally 75 passing yards per game to Big Ben's average in the last couple of years with Martavis. And the Steelers' offense goes next level nuclear and it hits the 30 point points per game mark. He is massive. This guy, if we played the Patriots last season, the game plan in which they rolled out, double, triple, uh, triple TV Antonio Brown each and every play, it wouldn't fly. They could do that because we didn't have a number two uh, that's at all respectable, let, go, let alone on Martavis Bryant's level. So I'm very, very, very excited for his return. He is an absolute impact player and should be on everyone's fantasy football radar because he's going to do some big things this year. But is he going to just say no? That's what I want to know. Is he going to just say no? Okay. Well, he better. Okay. I, listen, I have faith in the man. I have faith in the man. I'm considering getting his jersey as a leap of good faith and also, you know, trying to project faith into him. I really hope so. I think he will. He's done a lot of uh, apparently soul searching. It was in rehab even. And, and, and hopefully he got his whole life on track because there's no – you know, as good as that that drug may be for some people, I mean, unfortunately, it's not it's not legislated and legal in the NFL. And with that in mind, you can't you, you just got to say no, and uh, you don't be in Josh Gordon. Do not be Josh Gordon 2.0. That'll be an awful, awful story. We don't want that. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, great talent, but dude, you're not doing anybody any good sitting on the sidelines. Just say no, brother. Just say no. Hey, train. I didn't forget about you. You got a little controversy in Chicago at QB. Your thoughts on your new QB, and who would you start? Because got a little controversy going on. Is Trubisky your man or not? <laughs> the short answer to your question is, yeah, Trubisky is the man, hands down. Uh, right now, today, would I, would I, would I start him? Um I'd like I'd like for the rest of the preseason to play out. I, I'd like for to see Glennon uh, actually respond to something. And don't go out there and do what Jay Cutler did for eleven preseasons, uh, give us height and nothing during the regular season. But yeah, Trubisky is the man. I mean, I'm sorry, there's not a whole lot to be excited about in Chicago, but we've never had a, a quarterback that we drafted come play that well in preseason. I don't care if it's the four-string defense and cheerleaders. It doesn't matter. He looks great. And, yes, I will drink the Kool-Aid until he flops on his face. But for right now, he looks pretty damn good. And I'm happy we drafted him. So it's just a matter of time, but it is his team. And Glenn does not have long. You know, I'm going to tell you guys something. 
and this is this is what we're going to continue to see more of. The day of drafting a quarterback and giving him two and three years to develop is over because it is hard to find a starting quarterback worth their salt in the NFL. It is hard. And the day of bringing somebody in like an Aaron Rodgers and sitting them behind Brett Favre for a few years or, you know, um, you know, Dak Prescott come in and sit behind. It it was Um, Dak Prescott coming in and sitting behind Tony Romo. And, you know, those days are over. I'm telling you guys now, it's over. And, and and any coach that wants to keep his job, when you draft somebody four round, round four and up, you, you better be prepared to give them the job. Now, now, now I, I'm not saying – I'm not – let me just finish my thought. I'm not saying they necessarily will be starter week one, but you better be planning on in the first four games, unless you got to – unless like a Glennon or someone is lighting it up, Mm-hmm. You better plan mm-hmm. that this is going to be my guy. This is going to be my guy, and I'm transitioning him in in the first four games. And, frankly, if I can do it in the preseason and give him enough playing time, make him comfortable with the offense, and get him in there, the sooner you get him in there, the better it's going to be. They're going to, I'm telling you, that's what we're going to see more and more of. They're going to stop half-stepping. Train? Uh, well, I was, was going to say, and I, and I totally agree with you, T. I think one teams think one thing teams got to do or got to stop doing is once they find their guy, getting just just feeling like all right we've arrived. The one thing I give the Patriots credit for is they knew Tom Brady was their man for years. Dude, they spent the second round draft pick on Garoppolo when Brady is still tearing up the league. Uh, if you take if you take the Aaron Rodgers situation, they spent a first round pick when they know Brett Favre still has something left in the tank. He played for three more years. The true anomaly was the Philip Rivers Drew Brees situation because Drew Brees was stinking it up, and then all of a sudden that fourth year, dude turned the corner. So yeah, uh, however these teams are, are doing their draft, you got to realize. What's being considered the most important position? You know what? It's all right to have some. It's, it's, I, I would think it's okay to have controversy at the most important in position. Please make that a uh, competition. Please make it that this dude got to continue to play well to keep his job. And please make sure you have your successor in line. Because when you drop off at the quarterback position, man, you can drop off bad. And you'll find yourself at the top of the draft for like, for years until you can fix it. And it's not that easy to fix. Hey, I, I, I think what we will look back on years from now is the fact that the Dallas Cowboys, to me, more than any other team, really set this up by taking their franchise. And everybody knows how Jerry Jones feels about Tony Romo. Their franchise quarterback and literally retiring him for their rookie who came off the bench and led them to a 13-3 and um, number one seed playoff appearance. And I think that's, gonna, that's sending the message that, um, you know, you can take a gamble and that, you know what, if a guy gets in there and performs and wins, stick with him. If he goes in there preseason and lights it up, 
stick with him. You know, if he's if he's got the mojo working, stick with him. Fluck loyalty. Okay, this is about winning. And I don't know about I don't know about I don't know about you. I'm getting tired of seeing the Patriots win every year. You know, I'm getting tired of it. And if we're going to take them down, hey, it's time for some of these teams to take some risks. It's time for some of these teams to step up. You know, Rams, it's time for you to go all in with Jared Goff. I mean, he's either it or he's not. But, you, you know, you, you're stacking it up over there. You're getting some talent. You just added Sammy Watkins to the freight. It's time for you to just unleash this guy now. It's time. It's been past time. And if he ain't the guy, get him out of there. Go get your guy. But it's time now. These teams, you know, Tom, Tom Brady's and Aaron Rodgers, these guys, Andrew Lux and all that, they don't come around often. So you got to go get yours. And if you got a guy that's shining, doing a little something, something, you got to jump on it. Got to jump on it. And if they're not, like an RG3, bye. Got to go. You know, we'll figure out the salary cap. Cause, uh, come to think of it, he, uh, who's that guy? Um, T. Carroll. T. Carroll pulled that trigger when we called him crazy. <laughs> and we, we all kind of said, I was thinking about crazy. that. I was thinking about <laughs> we that. We did. Because he spent $10 on Matt Flint. We, but he spent yeah. $10 million. See, he was crazy because you went out and spent $10 million on Matt Flynn. So you really didn't know what you had in Russell Wilson because you went out and spent $10 million on Matt Flynn. So you're damn right. I stand by my criticism of that move because of that money you spent on Matt Flynn. Now, it turned out to be the right move. But he yep. didn't even know it because he spent $10 million on Matt Flynn because yeah, Matt well, Flynn goes out and sets his record in a game that meant nothing and threw seven touchdowns, 600 yards, or whatever it was, in a, in a, in a last game of the season that meant nothing. And they overpaid for him, and then ended up actually signing him twice because they brought him back. <laughs> Later on, they brought him back again. That's a and case. we threw 18 million out there and then drafted one. <laughs> yep. Hey, that's a case right there where the coach saves the GM slash owner because clearly Pete Carroll was saying, listen, guys, great. Thanks for the signing and everything, but Russell Wilson's special. So it probably took a lot of convincing because, I mean, if you're an owner GM, I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow saying that, you know, that's basically a, a sunken cost. Like, well, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's Coach Saves the GM owner type moment. You don't get those too often. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Um, hey, I got nothing. I'm, I think I've hit everything that uh, uh scheduled to discuss. We're warming up here. We're getting ready for the opening uh, season. Uh, fantasy football is starting up. ESPN did their fantasy football, um, um, you know, mega duration thing. So uh, fantasy football leagues are starting to heat up. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm happy and I'm sad at the same time because football means fall. And I love summer. Um, thank God it's going to be 90 degrees in Connecticut tomorrow. I'm going to get out there and get some of it because there ain't going to be many of those left. And you shut up, Dr. Train, because I, I don't even want to talk to you. You make me sick out there in California with warm weather all year round. I don't even want don't even talk to me. K-Star, you have something to say? I'm mad at Train right now. Go ahead, yeah. yeah, fantasy football is starting. Um, but there was a story today that kind of disturbs me, especially in the wake of the Charlottesville thing. So 
you know, ESPN was doing an event to where they had a skit for a, a auction draft, basically in fantasy football, and you know, there are people, of course, bidding on player. In this case, it was Odell Beckham. Um, it happened to be that apparently the the crowd or, or, or bidders, fantasy football players, in this format were all white, and um, apparently, you know, there was huge backlash on social media by Sean Keen and some other. Uh, I call them race faders in this case because I don't. It was ridiculous to me, but apparently they uh, complained enough to ESPN about the auction draft format and their skit that forced ESPN to apologize and agree to not play it again. And it's just it's, it's sad that <laughs> we're at such a ridiculous stage um, in in our in our in the USA in 2017. We got to get back to 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 stop being as divisive and looking at things more more clearly and, and judge people more by, by their ideas and thoughts because, I mean, we can't look at people playing fancy football and seeing it as fancy football, then yikes, we're, we're in a bad state. Yeah, I, um, I didn't catch that story, so I, I saw you mentioned it um, previously. I, I didn't catch it, so I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to go um, – I'll have to go look into it, but I think it's just the nature of where we are in this country. Unfortunately, um, it's just it's an out it's an outcome of where we are, and people are are mega sensitive, um, you know, to anything that even appears to be biased or or racist. And sometimes I do believe we do we do overcompensate. You know, I, I do believe that we do overreact, and um, you know, it's unfortunate. It, it, it really is. Um, you know, fantasy football should be, you know, a no judgment zone. You know what I mean? It should be a no, you know, a no moral compass zone. Just this, this is this is this is a numbers game. You know, um, well, it, it's but, something that brings us together. You know, I mean, it's football. You know, it's a game of football. You know, a game within the game brings us together. And it's sad that we're at a state where even something like that can somehow be interpreted as, you know, devices. Uh, I'll send you the link, but. Yeah, this, this stuff is kind of depressing that we're in the state as a society at this point. That's how bad things have gotten. You know, there's, there's um, somebody I know out there, a um, friend of mine, and <laughs> she um, she said to me not that long ago, she said, I, can't, I will never understand how people can react so much to something that really boils down to the melatonin count in your skin. I mean, that's it. She's like, I, yeah. I don't get it. And I said to her, um, she's white, and I said, um, you know, I agree. I said, but unfortunately, when you're dealing with ignorance, you can't rationalize ignorance. You know, you, you, you can't. And, you know, the, the position, you know, listen, um, to judge anyone in any walk of life solely based on their skin color or their race is just wrong, period. It's not, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't, you know, this isn't my opinion. This is just the way it is. It's just wrong. And it's depressing. If people just it's stopped, really depressing. It's, if people just stopped and just looked around, you can take two four-year-old kids and put them outside with a bunch of toys, and one could be Chinese and one could be Russian, and they will play 
They don't know any different. They just see another kid. But if I could tell you the number of times that I've walked around and little kids would look at me and just kind of look at me weird, and I know that their families have put something in their head about black people, and now they actually see a live one, and they're just giving me this look like they're waiting for ignorance or something to spew out of my mouth. This is what we live in. It's just, it's sad. And, man, we just, you know, I, 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 I guess I thought erroneously that we had come a little farther than we were. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we haven't. It's just, like learn a we lot said earlier, training. It's just different. <laughs> it's still there. It's just different. Anyway. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, K-Star, final thoughts, words, comments? Uh, yeah, Train was impressed with your boy, Trubisky. I know we talked about him earlier. Um, always nice to check in on preseason. And obviously I don't pay attention to stats. No one should. But what we should pay attention to is things that may translate into the regular season, stuff like pocket presence for quarterbacks, stuff like, you know, in the face of the rush, uh, what do they do decision-making-wise, stuff like that can translate. I was impressed with Trubisky. I was impressed with – Deshar Kaisner from Browns, unfortunately, who uh, was a second-round draft pick out of Notre Dame. He actually looked a little bit like Big Ben in a couple of plays. Not saying he will be, but someone to look out for. Um, and, yeah, just looking forward to, to the rest of the preseason. Hopefully everyone stays healthy. Dr. Train, final thoughts, comments? Dr. Train? Calling Dr. Train, Train, calling Dr. Train to the yeah, ER, I'm, calling Dr. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here, man. Uh, I was going to say, I'll pick you back off of what K-Star said. Man, you definitely had some impressive rookies. Uh, another one to point out, Leonard Fournette. I think uh, Dalvin Cook got, uh, was doing pretty well uh, as a, um, you know, dual, dual back down there in Minnesota. So uh, I definitely think it's going to be a change to them. I don't like it because we got to play against it, but oh well. Oh, uh, uh, I think K-Star, you forgot to point out your own, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I think did y'all, I mean, do y'all have J.J. Watt or do y'all have T.J. Watt? I T.J. Watt. the difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> see what you did there. Yeah, he, uh, he looked awesome. He looked I, awesome. That, that, I that saw really his plays, and I was just like, yeah, that, that, that's the guy I would have loved for Chicago to have had a chance to get, but we needed quarterback position badly, so – I'm not disappointed in in our pick, but he looked good. Joshua Dobbs did not look good for you guys. I hope you don't have to play nah. any time soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> other than that, that was Taco Charlton. He actually looked good in uh in his in his in his uh the not the Hall of Fame game, but this week's preseason game. He, he Rams game, yeah. So, yeah. So it's just this. Hey, just. Uh, looking, I'm actually looking forward to seeing, and not just well, no, mainly Trubisky this week, but just to see if anybody, any rookies across the board, take another step forward. Um, well, Manny Leonard Fournette, even if it is easy, you don't don't say that publicly. Just say the speed of the oh game. Oh my God, Doctor Train, Doctor Train, I am <laughs> man. I can't, you know, the whole Charlottesville thing. It got me off my game, man. I'm so glad that you brought that up. I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Oh my God. Go ahead, bro. I, I, you know, I, I understand where he's coming from. I feel him. Listen, you played in the SEC. The SEC have some really good talent. 
their speed is not NFL speed, but it can indefinitely prepare you. But saying the speed of the game you call, I, I can, I, I, I will go as far and give you that. But man, don't call it easy because it's preseason, bruh. Like nothing matters to that. Preseason, one game. To week one, yes. They are resting to week one to blow you up, man. And, dude, he had nine carries for 31 yards and a touchdown. (laughs) It ain't like he went and had nine carries for 215 yards and four touchdowns. Right. (laughs) Dude, shut Uh, the front door. You are putting a target on your ass. (laughs) If I'm in the defense, oh, I am coming for you. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean – he need to take he need to take some lessons. Chris Johnson did it. Came out. I'm gonna go for twenty five hundred. Every linebacker around the league was like, You gonna do what? Apparently <laughs> that even motivated that even motivated uh Troy Palomalo, who's like one of the quietest guys in terms of being outspoken. Apparently when Chris Johnson said that that pissed him off, got him all ready for week one and they shut Man, down Chris Johnson. Pissed. And a lot of teams a lot of teams did that year, but there were people were mad about that. Yeah. Because it's a complete sign of disrespect for what for the this is it's not that easy, man. When you first on the scene, when you first bust out on the scene, people may not know who you are. They may not stack the box. They may not be prepared. But after they see what you can do, oh, the coach got them in the film room every week before they play you. Like, hey, this is the man. We stop him. We slow this team down. So let's get on him. Yeah. 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 Not a smart move, Fournette, man. I, I you're not gonna get a thousand yards this year. You just you just sealed your fate, bro. You know, if you get it, God bless you, man. But you sealed your fate, man. Not not a smart move, man. Good call out on that one, Trey. I totally forgot to, to touch on that. So good 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 call out. Um, on rookies, I also want to add two. Well, no, actually one rookie, Cooper Rush, quarterback, Dallas Cowboys. I, I like what I'm seeing, bro. Um, you might very well. You keep you keep progressing. You might you might get that backup job, bro. I, I like what I'm seeing. I can, it's only preseason, and but man, you know, kind of going in line to what I said earlier, man. Forget loyalty, man. Hey, Kellen, Kellen, uh, um, um, Kellen Moore, Moore, hey, man. You know, yeah, you 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 know, <laughs> whatever. You know, I, mean, I don't care anymore. You know, I, I don't care. I want the best guy, and that dude looking good. Um, and uh, Andy Jones, man, wide receiver, bro. You're showing me some flat. Your second year, dude, coming off the practice squad from last year, dude, I like what I'm seeing, man. I, I, you know, we need some help at wide receiver because we've got the beast in Dez, but outside of Dez, it, you know, uh, Cole Beasley, yeah, he's nice little slot, you know, Terrence Williams, you know, he's, you know, but we need, man, we need, well, like. Bryce Butler. Well, Bryce Butler, um, he kind of impressed me a little bit from what I saw. I didn't see much, but yeah, Bryce Butler got to stay healthy. He got a lot of speed and he's got potential, but then he always gets hurt. So I'm, I, I can't, okay. I can't get in his corner yet till he stays healthy. But he's always got a hamstring or a knee or something. So um, if he stays healthy, yeah, he, he's got a little something. He got a little, he got, he got some speed, and um, you know his hands have gotten better. Um, but, you know, he's got to stay healthy. But Andy Jones looking like mini Dez out there. You know, big body, you know. And so, 
Hey, I'm optimistic. And just one last note on the Cowboys. Hey, all you people out there that, that sit over here high-fiving because Zeke got six games, um, Zeke ain't Tom Brady, okay? But Zeke is, is that face of the league. He's there as far as, you know, when you look at best running backs, to me there's only one other guy in that, in that conversation, and that's that young man out in Pittsburgh. It's, the, it's these two guys and everybody else. So he is a top NFL superstar. And so on that level, I will say, um, you know, everybody had the Patriots dead and buried, Tom Brady four games, and they managed to go three and one and win the Super Bowl. Don't think that Dallas wasn't expecting this and prepared for this. They still have Alfred Morris. They still have um, Darren McFadden. And they picked up uh, former Bronco uh, Hillman. Okay? So it may be committee. But they've got her, and, and you know, and and they are the only team in the NFL with two backups that have thousand-yard seasons. So slow your roll on putting them in that. Uh, granted, Zeke is a phenom, but slow your roll on on putting them in the ground, even if the six games hold up. Slow down for a minute, man. I think y'all with that offensive line, not quite what it was. We lost a couple of players, but we still got the heart of that line in place, and we still got a great passing game, and we got Dak. So slow your roll, man. Don't 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 bury the Cowboys just yet. Slow down. Slow down. It's gonna be a long season. We ready to roll. So all right. Hey, JB, I hope you got to catch the archive. And I'm sure next week, uh, knowing you, you're gonna wanna comment on some of the things we said tonight. And uh we're gonna allow you to do that, my brother. So uh uh and actually he'll be coming uh Labor Day weekend. He will be uh he will be up here in Connecticut. So looking forward to seeing him Labor Day weekend. And um, uh, one last note, and then I'll get on out of here. I am going to be in Dallas on September 10th, the day of the game, for a conference. And um, I am trying to figure out a way to do some type of remote broadcast, even if it's just a 30-minute something. I'm not sure what just yet, but I am trying to figure out a way to do some sort of broadcast remotely in Dallas Um September 10th. So I'm, I'm investigating ways to get that done. Hang tight. I don't know how yet. I don't know if I'll be sitting in a hotel room doing it. I don't know if I'll be sitting in a local sports bar doing it. Or hell, I might be sitting right up in AT&T Stadium on my cell phone doing a quick little 30-minute broadcast right from the game. Haven't figured it out yet, but stay tuned. I'm going to do something from Dallas, Texas, September 10th, which is opening day for the Cowboys, where we host the New York Giants at AT&T Stadium, and I will be there, well, at least in the vicinity. So stay tuned for more on that one. So with that said... For Dr. Train, K-Star, and for JB out there in Workland, thank everybody for joining the Madden Voice. We hope we uh, entertained you. If you like the show, tell a friend. If you don't, tell us, and we'll do our best to make it better. So remember, in closing, love somebody, okay? Just go out there tonight, tomorrow, love somebody. All right, all feuds. Settled on the field. Good night, everybody. See you next week.